on our side. There is no fear. That's why that morning time, that altar time is so important because it's amazing how bold you can come out. Amen? How bold you can come out. And you're carrying the presence of God, which should affect the marketplace. You should go into places and people start weeping because they're around you. I had lunch with Richard today and he couldn't stop weeping. I said, man, what's wrong? He said, no, I just feel it. We've got to carry his presence. Paul was indicating that since God was with him, he could have, he could have, how did I write this? He could have all the experiences and still be mature in his response to them. God is looking for a mature bride. And how you respond or how you react shows you how mature you are. Reaction will always cause division. Responding will always bring unity. Response is the, oh, I love this. Response. That's why I can't use, I, I mean, this is good for teachers, this book here. But for teachers. Yeah, well, the more you become apostolic, you know, everything is fresh and new. Response is a fruit of the glory position. That's how you know you are standing in the glory. That God's presence is on you because you're responding to change instead of reacting to change. Reacting is a fruit of the fallen position. Reacting to change is the fruit of a fallen position. It's amazing how we can fall short of God's glory by how we react to certain things. And when the verse keeps coming to me this week, all week long, that in the multitude of words, sin does not lack. So when you're around people, don't talk too much. You, can't, you cannot discern if you're talking. And God needs you to discern every moment, every encounter that you have with people. Because God is trying to set up a divine connection. He wants everybody connected. Change proves the reality of true faith. That's how you know that you are operating in true faith. Not polluted faith. Not contaminated faith. The maturity of your belief system will be tested by change. God's given me this last few days, so it tells me change is coming. And I think we're all ready for the good changes. Because we've been processed. And in the process, there's some painful changes. Because of what we sowed into. But we're done with that. The mind is either renewed or the mind is at war with God. If your mind is not renewed, then you are at war with God. Let's go to Romans 8, 6, 7, and 8. Romans 8, 6, 7, and 8. Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason. Stop right there a minute. If you have to reason about any decision, 
other than obeying the truth, then you're still in the flesh. Sense and reason with the Holy Spirit. We want to do it with the Holy Spirit. Is death. Now the mind of the flesh is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. Is death. Death that compromises all the miseries arising from sin. Both here and after. The mind of the Holy Spirit is life. And I like that. Soul peace. <laughs> I love it. Both now and forever. God is trying to introduce the Holy Spirit into the soul when change comes. That's all he's trying to do is get an infusion to happen here. And we, we, I had a vision one time and it was uh, grace. There was blows to grace all around. Blows to grace. And God was showing me that grace takes you from glory to glory. But when people react to the change, it's a blow to grace. And it actually pushes it back. Now, you know, when you're, when, when you're reacting to something, things just get worse, doesn't it? Things really start getting worse for you and the other person because there's always somebody else involved. You're not bickering with yourself. There's always going to be someone else involved. So let's go to the uh, next verse. That is because the mind of the flesh with its carnal thoughts and purposes is hostile to go towards God. How do you know you have a carnal mind? Sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. Because if the Holy Spirit's in it, the Holy Spirit's going to Keep taking you back to this book. The Holy Spirit is not going to lead you to somebody to reason with them. The Holy Spirit is going to keep pointing you to Jesus. And that's the word. So if you're reasoning right now about any decision or anything, stop. Because God is trying to introduce the next level of glory. And you can't get there without grace. And when grace is involved, peace is like a river. I've gone through so many changes that I didn't know I went through until I look back and see the changes that have been made. And I say, wow, God is awesome. The more time you spend with him, the more change you're going to have. But you really don't have to experience it. In other words, you don't have to feel the effects of change. Because his way is doing it inside out. You're changing environments instead of the environments changing you. You're changing atmospheres instead of the atmosphere changing you. When you go into a house or a building or something. Let's go to eight. So then those who are living the life of the flesh... Catering the appetites and impulses of their carnal nature cannot please or satisfy or even be acceptable to God. Isn't that where we're coming from? I mean, the church age is so here right now. And the transition is to get them in the kingdom mindset where the Holy Spirit is in full control of every decision that you're doing. Do you... Do you 
do we make sure that the Holy Spirit is in every decision we do? If we're reacting, then the Holy Spirit's not in it. So we didn't even consult the Holy Spirit before we decided to open our mouth. And listen, I've seen, I've seen the devil attack marriages like crazy, even in this ministry. But thank God we got people in here that stand, that they can see that this thing really works. And now they met their husbands and wives they never knew. God had the best part hidden and protected. God will never let you see the best in someone until he has the best of you. So God keeps the hidden part, the best part of the wife that you married 20 years ago. And you've been married 30 years or 40 years. The best part has not been revealed. That's when you really fall in love. Until God has all of you. How does God have all of you? Is in a transform, renewed mind. That's how you know. Well, how do I know that I have a transform and renewed mind? How do I know? I think different. I talk different. I love different. I act different. I give different. Nothing's the same anymore. So we're either at war with God or we're at peace with God. I love Third John when it says, Beloved, I pray that you'll prosper in all things just as and be in health just as your soul is prospering. So if there's sickness in the body, it tells me the mind's not renewed yet. Even though God can do a miracle, he can heal. But I've seen the same people get healed and come back to the same place. They're sick again. Because the body has nothing to work with this, this divine. Until the mind is renewed and transformed, the body has nothing to work with that's divine. The renewed mind radiates the reality of another world. People tell me all the time, Gene, you, you're not from this place. Pastor Mike says, where did you come from? It's hours and hours of laboring in my altar time and applying the word of God and loving people and, and just keeping my hand to the plow and not looking back. That's what does it. Nothing upsets, up, upsets you. You radiate peace and love. You want to get to the point where nothing upsets you. My mom said one time, because she knows how much I love my kids, she said, if one of your kids died tomorrow, wouldn't you get upset? Why? Because you know where they are. And believe me, it won't be long before you see them. It's shorter than we think. That's why the glory of God is in the house and in other places. Because the time is drawing near. The renewed mind works in conjunction with heaven's reality. So it becomes manifest in the earth. We are, we are the face of God. The church is the face of God. Keep that in mind. His church is the face of God. And we know the demonic can inspire evil thoughts. I love this. This challenges your mind. We know that the, the demonic can inspire evil thoughts. But what's even more tragic is 
evil thoughts can inspire the demonic. And that's good for spots class. Evil thoughts inspire the demonic. It's an invitation for the demonic. You know, yeah, Carrie's got a great testimony. It's a RSVP for the demonic. And believe me, he sends the reservation back. He'll send it back. So when we end up saying what God hasn't said, that's why we got to be very careful. When we end up saying what God hasn't said and get sidetracked, we get sidetracked into deception. We give place to our thoughts to an unseen reality. All around us is an unseen reality that we give place to our thoughts. They feed off of what we believe. Think about what you're believing on. Jesus never said to believe for a house. He never said to believe for a car. He never said to believe for these things. He said one thing, believe God. Just believe God. Believe that he exists. Believe that he loves you. Believe that he's present with us. Believe that he guides you. Just believe God. Strongholds evolve into thought patterns that evolve into places of trust. Because now a stronghold cannot come back if that mind is transformed and renewed. It's impossible. I've experienced it. It's impossible. The th same thing that used to have me can dance all around me and know that it can't come in me no more. That's freedom. When you can look at the same devil that kept you in bondage, and he's coming back to see how you're doing. Amen? Because he comes back. Temptation is the invitation to deception. Strongholds evolve into thought patterns that evolve into places of trust. And listen, it's not always the devil. Some of us would still have issues even if the devil vacated us. Amen? Because our flesh has been so trained to think contrary to the way God thinks. What gives place? Who can answer this? What gives place? What scriptures can you, can you meditate on that actually give place to the devil? What comes to your mind right away? Yeah. No, that's good though. <laughs> What gives place to the devil? Let's look at Galatians 5, 19 through 21. I know we want to avoid these scriptures. But this is what, so those who are living the life of the flesh, catering to the appetites and impulses of their carnal nature, cannot please or satisfy God or be, even be acceptable to him. But I'm not on the right one. Galatians 5. Yeah, yeah, you got there, 19 through 21. Now the doings, the doings, practices of the flesh are clear and obvious. They are immorality, impurity, and decency, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, ill-tempered, selfishness, divisions, dissensions, party spirits, factions, sex with, sex with peculiar, peculiar opinions and heresies, 
envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do such things cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And that's another one, good one for spots. You may be already, already using it. But I want, there's, a key, there's a key here that I want you to see. Cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Now, this person's already saved. Now, what's he talking about? Because we have already entered the kingdom at regeneration, at the born-again experience. So we're in the kingdom. Now he's talking about this. He said, listen, if you're practicing these things, you'll never inherit the kingdom. So this is not a kingdom mindset. You have to have a kingdom mindset before you can inherit what's in the kingdom. The church as a whole has not experienced the inheritance of the kingdom. Every benefit is in the inheritance. The church, the, the people won't know that you are the true church if they don't see you operating in the inheritance. Amen. What is the inheritance? Who can say what is the inheritance? The blessings of Abraham. The blessings of Abraham. We got saved and experienced the blessing of Jesus at salvation. But you'll never inherit the kingdom until you have fully died. Until you have died to these things. And, 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 and it says this is not all of them. It says and the alike. That means fear, anger, unforgiveness isn't mentioned there. Rejection, shame. When we decide to die, we're in a death season. When we decide that I've got to die from this, and something better is going to resurrect, it's so easy to die. When you know something's going to resurrect out of this death and burial. Witchcraft. Write this one down. I want you because there's a lot of witchcraft going on. And it's sad to know that there are witches in the church. Christians can so easily become a witch. How, do they, how does that happen? The rebellion. Through you invite the witchcraft spirit. The rebellion. When you're this is rebellion. He said, Rich, witch, witchcraft is grasping of control. Grasping of control outside of divine order. So if we are grasping to control something, we are out of divine order. And I taught this at Train to Rain Wednesday. Um, we're talking about expansion this year. And Lee called me and said, I, asked me if I would teach. So we agreed that we would teach on giving because without giving, there's no expansion. But I talked about the divine order. How a river comes from God. Flows right in my spirit. And when it comes out through change, it comes out four rivers. Four anointing. Four rivers of grace. And the first river is prosperity. Every Christian should be prospering. So you look up the definition, 
of those rivers, and that's what the first one is, Faison, means prosperity. The place where gold exists. But there's got to be a, a divine order. And now the church is coming into alignment with proper headship. With proper headship. That's why you don't feel the presence. You'll feel the power of God in most churches, but not the presence. Because headship is not in place. God, Jesus, apostles, prophets, Ephesians, elders, deacons, and then the saints. If you find a, when, or when you find a true apostle, one of the signs of the true apostle is that he can bring in the presence of God. That's what I judge. That's how I judge it. Because I haven't met a pastor yet that can bring in the presence of God unless he's the apostolic pastor. Unless he's under an apostle and that, that's been transferred over to him. So witchcraft. When patterns develop in a person's life outside of God's reign, the enemy moves in to supernaturally empower the pattern. And we think it's God. Because it's empowered. Our, our mindset says the enemy has no power. The enemy has a lot of power. He's only been stripped of his power. If you accept that truth. But you can give it back to him. And that's what keeps Christians carnal. Because they give Satan back the power. Your spirit is a resurrection spirit. It's in you. It's the power of resurrection. You can resurrect the demonic back into your life through your thoughts and your words. Did you go at 7.30? Lord Jesus. I've gotten to the point I can never finish a teaching. They empower a pattern. And I thought this was, this was a cool revelation. In a renewed mind, you put godly thought patterns that put bricks in the wall. So now you're truly building a house for God. The Bible says you're his temple. But you're not his house yet. There's a big difference between the temple and the house. The temple is where ministry goes on. The house is where family abides. You write that down. That's fresh for me too. It says in Ephesians that God is building a house. Not a temple. <laughs> He's building a house. Not a temple. When God's in the house. You want to be around family all the time. I'm talking about your godly spiritual family. Just We could just sit here all night and not even think about our family. Because he's here. The house that you built for him sustains the atmosphere in this place. That's why it stays. Because some of us have built a house for him. Not just a temple. That protects and insulates you from demonic chaos. 
that's all around you. We see it all the time. There's demonic chaos all around us. But we're insulated from it. Because God is in the house. This house. Your house. You are completely oblivious to it. Because some people come to, come to me and say, you see what's happening around you? No. What's happening? You're completely oblivious to it because you live in a place of safety. Because of God birthed patterns of thinking. You don't even get involved with it. Even after people bring it up, no, no, I don't see anything. That used to, we didn't remember, that used to irritate people in this ministry when I first opened it up. My daughter would say, Dad, don't you see what's going on? No, what's going on? So it tells you, when you've built your house of God, that your eyes are not on man any longer. What man thinks doesn't bother you. You are in such a safe, secure place in God's house. So moving from the temple age to the house age is moving from the church age to the kingdom age. I'm going to stop. Oh, I got to tell you this. This is just full of revelation. I'm telling you. And Jesus said, Satan is called the Lord of Flies. So there are realities in the unseen that are attracted to your sin. Just make sure your sin is not garbage because flies are attracted to garbage. I always wondered why demons would follow me around all the time. This was years ago. It's not now. <laughs> they smelt the scent of my flesh the garbage that you saw on the screen. Nobody ever taught me that my head was saved. And I struggled with the lies of the devil saying you'll never make it. You're not really changed. But I knew God was in me. I knew it. But my head was telling me he wasn't. They never told me I had to go from being saved to being changed. That's what you experience in this ministry. You will be changed. And you can do it painlessly or you can do it with full of pain. It's your choice. You just have to recognize I'm being changed. Unsanctified flesh has the scent of garbage. And it attracts demons. And they'll follow you around. And they'll get in your mind with darts and thoughts continually. That's how they work. They're attracted to the unsanctified flesh. You cannot be effective smelling like garbage. Amen. And that's not why I wear Halston all over the place. The Lord has sanctified that perfume. All right. Any questions? I'm going to stop there because there's, there's too much here.
I love this. Do you have aliens on board? <laughs> Robbing your freedom. I'm not talking to, I'm not, I know that, that none of you are like that, but I know that you have to minister to other people the freedom that you have. Because the religious spirit is a serpent. And it's raising its head against this ministry. It's a serpent. The religious spirit will, can never take down this ministry. Because he has to take down me. And I have no agreement with the religious devils. So they try to take our people. And you'll see them. You'll see it happen. It, it, it happens. And your heart goes out to the ones you love. You're going to find, as time progresses now, that you can't be around religious people too long before that spirit gets on you. And it's a powerful spirit because it has most of the church. If you're around them, you minister Revelation. That, that religious devil hates revelation. Despises revelation. And God help you if you have revelation and carry the presence of God. Isaiah prophesied it. He said serpents would be on their tongues and snakes under their lips, under their tongue. Serpent on the tongue, snakes under the tongue. It's full of them. And how you protect each other is what you say about each other. Because when the devil comes, the religious spirit tries to get you to say something bad about someone else. That's how he gets in. The religious spirit is the accuser of the brethren. Any ministry, this came to my spirit today, any ministry that does not have the presence of God has been transformed into an occult. And the Lord's going to have me say that in a pastor's conference one day. Because you cannot operate under God's anointing too long without prostituting it. Then you invite all kind of deception. Because the anointing is not for your gain. <clears throat> the anointing is for your loss. I've had ministers say, don't touch me. I might lose the anointing. I said, what? <laughs> the anointing is for me. Not you. They've said that. And you all know they said it. You know, they, don't touch me. The anointing on my life is for you. The presence of my life is for us, that we can be a family. Y'all have stepped into another level of revelation tonight. The presence of God changes you. The revelation keeps you changed. There's just been a river of revelation released in everybody's life tonight. And most of us are flowing in it already, but there's, Another river of revelation flowing. 
because each river has to flow to a certain culture, to a certain person. You're going to be amazed after tonight at what's going to come out of your mouth that's revelatory. I don't have any questions. Ask anything. I'd love to just have a recliner right here. Sitting right here. And just stay here. All night. Soaking in. When the presence of God is in the house. Like it showed up at Sonship that strong. Always remember. Get on your face. God resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. And always remember, whatever song brought it, stay on that song. Don't change the song, because it'll increase. Stay on that song. Whatever brought it, stay on it. Until he moves you to another one. Pastor Mike and his wife have got so many testimonies in such a short time. Because they have to build the apostolic church. And you can't do it without testimony. Who needs healing in their body? You should come up. Just come up. Healing. Leave, keep that song playing. God said he wanted to heal. Come on up, uh, Carl. 